glad to be back uh, again. Um, one of the places that we visited in Pittsburgh was a um, uh, sort of a historical museum where they had uh, Mr. Rogers, and uh, Mr. Rogers had a show, if you don't remember him, that, uh, for children. And uh, he was stationed in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. I thought about your dad, Charlene, Ed. Uh, and the reason I did, I, I was starting to, uh, um, I was coming uh, uh, through an entryway, and there was a man sitting in a chair. And I was, I was um, waiting. Uh, but Carrie was somewhere else doing something. But I was waiting, and I, thought, I asked the man uh, you know, a little bit about, are you from the area? Well, he said, I'm, I live in Florida, but I grew up here. And of course, he, had, uh, he, uh, he, was, you know, he was at the age where he could tell me some history. And uh, he remembered when the city was uh, younger. And he remembers riding the trolley. So, and, he, he, and I remember Ed B. would talk about uh, how much he could do with a dollar, a dollar and a quarter. You know, he, he would, uh, I, just, I just enjoyed it. Um, thinking about Ed. So blessings after blessings, the Lord is uh, so many ways, weaves together our whole life, weaves together um, a plan that's often like a, uh, uh, a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, maybe you're trying to find that piece, what's the next piece of, of the puzzle in your life. Uh, sometimes it takes some time to figure it out and to uh, discover what is it that What's the next thing? You know, Lord, uh, here I am. Have you forgotten about me? Uh, but uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and you probably know that uh, that's where you, you uh, learn uh, about the timing thing when it comes to serving the timing. It's all about timing. And uh, God is not on, often not on the same time frame as we are. How many know you like, uh, you know, you get used to the microwave, push the button, you know, it warms it up, get this thing moving, it must take you so long. Uh, son Levi had a different way of making coffee than I had seen, but it worked. You just kind of heated the water in this, um, it had a pot, it had a cord, and you, you, you punched in the temperature you wanted. It wouldn't, it wouldn't perk, but it would kind of, you could hear it warming up. And then you would uh, put a filter in a, in a little filter tray, and then you would put your coffee cup under that, and then you would pour your hot water over that. And so I said to Levi, is this cowboy coffee? No, the cowboy coffee is when you, you, know, you don't even have a filter. You just kind of dump it in there, and it's kind of like mud on the bottom. Uh, so I, it took me a couple of mornings to get used to that. I'm a person of habit. Uh, I get in my routines. Uh, the danger about sometimes getting in routines is you don't like to do anything different. You don't want to be any, you know, get out of your comfort zone. When God is maybe trying to nudge us a little bit to, to do something uh, fresh and new Talk to a stranger. Talk to a person that you maybe wouldn't otherwise. Time for everything I'm going to call this message. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, there's an appointed time 
for everything. And I mean everything. He lists something, and there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal. It's just kind of going back and forth. Time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn. You, you get the picture? A time to throw stones, a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search, a time to give up is lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Oh my goodness, isn't that a good one? Why am I keeping this stuff here in this box? What is in this box? Is it, you know, a few years go by, and by now you, you haven't missed it, but why, what are we keeping? Well, the first thing we look for in a box is, is pictures, valuables, things that are important to us, a memory. Some people call it sentimental. We like to hang on to those things. It's okay. But there are times when we just throw it away. Feels good, don't it? Free it up. Time to search, a time to give up is lost. Time to keep, a time to, you know, I already read that. A time to tear apart, a time to sew together. A time to be silent, a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. Time for war. Time for peace. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men which, which occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart. Yet so that man, no man, that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It is the gift of God. I was reading a uh, district newsletter that gets sent to pastors every, uh, every month. That's several months ago, maybe even years by now. You know, this is the thing about getting older. It was just a couple of years. It was 22 yeah, have you have you caught yourself in this time thing? Well, that was just you now. That was about five years. That was about fifteen years ago. What does that tell us? Time is going by quickly. Well, I read this portion of uh, in a in a in a newsletter and said something. They had an interview of a a, a lady that lived to be over a hundred years old. I think she was like a hundred one, hundred two, hundred maybe even a hundred three. But the question was, what what would you say? What would you tell people, what would, you, what would be your encouragement to young people? Well, I read this, and she said, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Wow, that's very true, isn't it? So what, what is it that, if we could, we could just boil it all down and say this, what is it that I really look forward to in this life? What is there to really focus on? Now, we all need time to make a living. I understand that, that that's, that's biblical, that we're to work hard, we're to you know, give it our best shot. But what about prioritizing 
And I guess making time for the things that are important. Because there is an appointment someday that we're going to meet our maker. It's, it's part of life here. There's a time to give birth. There's a time to die. We all know that the day will come to the Lord tarry that we will meet death. But for the believer, that's just the beginning of eternal life with him. But while we're living on this earth, we realize that this is a short period of time. And so what I do with my time will actually portray that I'm looking forward to things that are yet to come, or if I'm just living for self right now. And oftentimes, if we're just living only for now or right now, we become deceived and discover it's not as grand as I thought it was going to be. All of a sudden, material things don't really matter when you get right down to it. And so we look at this idea of time keeps going. And how much time do we have left? Well, I'm not going to do the math and, you know, some people are good at math. They can figure out how many days we got left. Well, that's scary. I'd rather talk about how many years we got left, because that sounds better. But to talk about how many days we have left. But every day is a gift from the Lord and how we use our time. Making one's uh, life uh, useful is probably one of the ideas that mankind has. What can I do that will really make a difference? Finding a purpose. Am I really doing anything significant? Am I really doing anything important? Yes, you are, because if you're loving God, and you're loving your family, and you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you are doing most of the commands that God has put before us. The greatest commands, as you know, you've heard this, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, everything that's within you. Our greatest need is to love God, to know him, to be quick to hear what he's saying, to have ears to hear. Because there are times when the Lord wants to speak, and if I don't give him See, first of all, the Lord speaks to us, but often, most of the time, it's probably when we're being quiet. It's probably when we're listening. Remember Moses was in the desert and God calls him, right? He called him, and he, he, he called him to a little burning bush, and he got his attention. God did not speak to him audibly until he had his attention, right? God may be trying to get our attention. What is it that God really wants of me? His desire is that we might love him first, above all, any one person, any one thing. To love God with our whole spirit, our whole heart. Because the days around us 
every day there's almost a given that there'll be something. We get this phrase, we throw it on, there's always something. Have you, have you used it lately? Something's breaking down. Something needs to be fixed. And we can get into this fix it, fix it, I got to fix it, I got to fix it. Well, we did get a new door in the house, a couple of them. That's a good thing. It needed to happen. There is a time for everything. There's a time to put down what you're doing and wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is never wasted time. What does waiting on the Lord mean? It's calling on him, asking him to guide you, asking him to show you when you're in a transition or where you're in the, in the same routine. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask the Lord to help you hear. How did God know when to send his son to the earth? You ever thought about that? What was it about the timing? Galatians 4, verse 4 seems to shed a little light on it. Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Clue. He was sent into this world while there was a law, a mosaic law. It was during a time where the people were getting almost set in their ways. They were religious but didn't have a relationship. And our relationship is what's important to the Lord God. That he, come, he came at a time where, there, where they were under a, also what was known as a Roman rule. And he came at a time where he submitted himself into the death that the Romans had created through the crucifixion process. Jesus did not pick, or God did not pick, well, that, I'm going to send my son when he's, it's really easy for him. God sent his son when it was going to be difficult. And so oftentimes, we don't understand what trial, why, why now, Lord, but God has an appointed time. He has his time that he will come to test us. I don't like tests. Never was good at them in school. But the Lord has a way of trust testing our faith. Why? So that we can grow. Doesn't want us to stay the way we are. He loves you as you are but he loves you enough to help you grow. Grow in his, in his relationship. Grow in understanding his word. Grow in understanding that God is in control. I'm not in control. 
coming to a place where we can rest and trust in the Lord. This appointed time with death is also recorded in Scripture, Hebrews 9, verse 27. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, after this comes judgment. We are in good hands. And Jesus is in our heart. And we don't have to stand alone before God. We stand with Jesus, who has already taken our judgment. And we are then able to receive a reward. When we worked as unto the Lord, when we, when we loved people around us as unto the Lord, as we've stepped into situations, I believe God oftentimes opens doors and we then get to walk through them. Sometimes God shuts the door. And then there's like, wow, what, Lord? Sometimes that test comes when we're waiting on what is the next thing, God? When is it I'm supposed to move? You know, in the Old Testament, it seemed like it would be really easy. They had the pillar of fire and they had the cloud by day. They had the pillar of fire by night. Whenever God moved, the people moved with them. In fact, he would also protect them from the, their, their backside, from enemies. Well, it would seem like it would be so easy, man, it, to just move with God, and it's, it seemed like it would be no room for failure, no room for ever disbelieving. But yet, man, nature, human nature, fights against the things that God has. And he wants us to move with him. In verse, down to verse 10, verse 11, in the text we read, I have seen the task which God has given to the sons of men which, which to occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. So we have an appointed time with God. God has his appointments with us. God has orchestrated, he has plans for us for this life. But he also says this word appropriate in its time, when the timing is right, when it is good, when it is right, when it is in the heart of the Lord. And notice how he speaks about this eternity, verse 11. Notice how he speaks, it's also said eternity in their heart, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning to the end. Who can know the mind of the Lord? On the other hand, there, are, there is a great, great future that awaits the people of the Lord, the people of faith. Though we may not see it now, only we know a glimpse of what is yet to come. Having eternity perspective helps me to keep an earthly perspective, realizing that this is just momentary. Paul said it in a way as he was describing some of his trials, that his trials were only momentarily. One of his trials was when he was thrown in prison, right? He's many times he'd been in prison for the faith, for the gospel. And 
he began to, rather than becoming down and having a pity party, he began to sing. He began to sing hymns. And what happened? An earthquake came and shook the jail cell and freed them from their chains. And it was such an impact as they walked out of the place that the jailer cried out to them, what must I do to be saved? In other words, what you have, how can I get it? What is it that you have that I can also have? And so the jailer is wanting this salvation, and they said to him, believe on the Lord and you're going to be saved and your household. So when people, when moms and dads serve the Lord, their children have a better chance to get a good start. Moms and dads' faith doesn't automatically save their children, but it can help them to want what they have. And so there is an appropriate way in which we can live. There is a way that we can live that will show the world around us that we're not just working for now and not just working for just for, just for sordid gain, not just to have all this security, but we have our security is yet to come. Eternity is a long time, isn't it? How do you define eternity? How do you measure? Well, someone said, I heard it somewhere, if you take one grain of sand from the east, Vern's going, yeah. From the East Coast or drink it all the way over to the West Coast or vice versa. How long would that take? That would seem like eternity. Looking back on this life, there are times when we thought what was so important at the time. I mean, you can think of it as something that you really wanted really bad. You, you, you wanted this rifle, you wanted this snowmobile, you wanted this, when you were young, and it would, you had to have it, and it was, that was a thing. Then all of a sudden, it wore out, or it, it, it got damaged, it, it got lost. It had really lost its meaning or value. And so what the Lord often taught when he was on the earth is don't just lay up, don't just lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. If we're really going to uh, live our life well during our time and our stay and our, our, our journey in this earth, then what we do with our time is so important. How much of our time are we using to just wait on the Lord or to reach out to a neighbor, to love one, to show love, to help someone else in a, in a need? Now, there's this little word called procrastination. Have you heard that word at all?
I don't know if any of you have struggled with it. I suppose I have. If you were to define it, it's something like, well, I'll eventually get around to it when I have time. Well, what's wrong with that thinking? What that's saying, or maybe it's not as important. And it could be also you could say, well, my family's important, so I'm not going to worry about this project. And that's, that's a good thing, and that's balance. Well, sometimes there are things that need to get fixed, like putting a new door on the front of the house that we had done while we were on vacation, and it looks great, and we're all excited. We got a new door. Proverbs chapter 24 is an unbelievable. I almost chuckle when I read this. Because the way it, the word the words that are used. Proverbs is so much truth, nuggets of truth, wisdom, the same Solomon guy that wrote these by the help of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a person, verse 30 of Proverbs 24, I pass by the field of, of the sluggard. I don't know, New America Standard, what, what other version, that sluggard, just say, oh, I can relate, that sluggard, sluggard. I love to say the word sluggard. It's got power. He's walking by this field, by the vineyard of the man lacking sense. And behold, it was all, all completely overgrown with thistles. Surface was covered with nettles. And a stone wall was broken down. And I saw, I reflected upon it. Now here's what he says. He says, a little sleep... A little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your poverty will come as a robber, and you will, your want like an armed man. Have you read these verses? Almost scares you. Am I one of those? I got to be careful. Am I doing my best? You know, I, I have to admit, I'm my worst enemy when it comes to doing things well or good enough. And I, I can be really hard on myself so that I'll talk myself, well, why do it then if you can't do a really good job? And I'll say, well, why even do it then? And I'll have this battle that's going on in my mind. And, You've never done that, I'm sure, but, you, you know, it's, 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 if we're going to do it right, here's what we really got to do, and, and it's going to take this, and we're going to have to bring this in, and, and you become overwhelming. It's like, well, why? Too much. Where the real, the real, you know what the real thing needs to be? One day at a time, little by little, you will get there. Uh, for example, 
When you buy coffee filters, I don't know, do you buy coffee filters? I, I, I've gotten the ones that, they were too short. And I went, ah! But it, I didn't want to throw them away. So I just used them. Took forever. Six months, whatever. But it's amazing. You can buy the right kind, and you, it might last you six, eight, ten months. And it, boy, little by little, one at a time. Isn't it amazing? You ran out of what? You don't have any flour left? You had so much to start with. See what I'm saying? There's this idea that we're overwhelmed. Well, the mountain is too big to climb, but it takes one step at a time. Oh. And we... The children is like, why even bother? I'd rather go take a nap. That's somebody else. Then they find themselves in want. What does this have to do with anything? I have to take care of my own relationship with the Lord. I'm responsible to fill the oil. I'm responsible to say, Lord, I need you. I have to have, I can't do this. When you start to admit, I can't, God says, good. I can. And you start to walk in the, in the freedom, the weight, and the responsibility, the wondering, am I going to fail at life because all oh, this has got to be this and this and this and this and this. And we get into this culture and all the pressure of, well, you got to, you know, what do people think of me? We can get in those traps. And the Lord is just simply saying, I have you. I've got a plan. If you love me and you stay close to me, I'm going to show you. And it's going to become a delight. Psalm 37, you memorize it? Part of it? Delight yourself in the Lord. And what? He'll give you the desired. Well, wait a minute. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. All of a sudden, the things of this world don't really have that pull on me like they used to. All of a sudden, I don't really need very much to be happy. Thank the Lord I got health, strength. And he loves me. And he has a future for me. We are rich, right? But then he lets us do things that we could never, you know, I don't think I would, I would have been scared out of my socks thinking of the things that he's let me do. And you take it. You take it as a gift. You see, to be able to work is a gift. but we shouldn't abuse the gift, right? Look at the verse, Ecclesiastes 3.13. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his labor. It's a gift of God. To be able to work is a gift of God because that means that you have strength, you have abilities, you have gifts God has given to you. You have talents that God has woven into the fabric of your soul. 
It's who you are. That's discovering what is your purpose in life is often discovered around the gifts, the things that you like to do that you're good at. And you do it as unto the Lord. Thirdly, besides appointed time, appropriating time, attitude. Oh, boy. Attitude check. Don't you love it when someone maybe calls you on your attitude? <laughs> oh, boy. Then how's my attitude? Chuck Swindoll, the man of God, who wrote a book series of books, but he has an illustration book for pastors. Uh, one of his uh, illustrations he used, he said 10%, uh, when it comes to attitude, 10% is life. 90% is, it, 10% is what life, what happens in the life. 10, 90% is how I respond to it. And so it's like saying, all this is coming at me, Lord. Ah, what am I supposed to do about this? You know, I know this works, but I have a hard time sometimes laughing when it's serious. Well, I know there's a time to laugh and a time not to laugh, because we just read that. But there are times when you know, things aren't going like you thought they were going to go. And the wheels fell off the thing. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And if you could just stop and take a bigger look, see a bigger picture. You know, we flew lately, right? You, you guys know what it feels like. You guys are, we got a pilot here in this. You get the big picture, don't you? Oh, I think we flew over Lake Erie. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw water for a long ways. It couldn't have been the ocean because then they would be taking to the wrong place. But so I surmised in my thinking, this must be Lake Erie. Is that true? Probably. I'm just asking. A perspective I wouldn't get otherwise. Get in other words, I was seeing things from a different view. Probably the best things about vacation for me are um, getting out of my comfort zone, getting out of my routine and messing with me. I don't like to go where I, I you know, don't have the same coffee maker, don't have the, just, you know, I don't like motion. I'm doing better. Really am. I'm, you know, I, I figured it out. If I will sleep on the on the takeoff, I'll do much better. My stomach stays better. However, when the Starbucks cup tipped over, quarter full, 
on my leg. We brought it on the plane. I said, this is, oh, I had a moment. Just what? It's like, what? Attitude, check. Uh, I, I settled down. It took a while. But then she wanted to bring a drink on the next time we flew back. And I said, I don't want that on the plane. My attitude reflects really what's going on inside here. I just, have you ever said, this? why are they so happy? Now, that should be kind of a, Sometimes, at least in the Christian life, do you think? Don't you think we should have some joy? <laughs> Loosen up, lighten up. It's, it's the Lord is with you. It's just a moment when I take myself so seriously. I alienate people. When I could be sort of real, people connect. I can't be good enough. That's an attitude that can work against you. I can never be good enough, Lord. Oh, stop. Just stop. I can think it's here. Stop. I made you. You're not good enough, but I am good enough. I am more than good enough, and I live in you. Stop thinking about how you're going to do it, how you're going to make your life successful, and start believing in me, who said, who says to you, your life is a success already. The fact that you can understand your need for me is you are successful. The problem is when we don't need God and we don't take the time to acknowledge that's where the problem comes. But when, when our attitude comes into a place, Lord, you know all about this stuff that's going on. You know all about our setbacks, what we think is important. You know all about what, how we surmise, and we're going to take all this stuff and we're going to come before you and we're going to say, Lord, I can't, but you can. Help me to be in a place where I honor you in my work, in my family life, in loving my neighbor, and somewhere along the way, God will begin to reveal to us that he was with you all the time, even when you didn't even realize it. He was with you and continues to be with you. We cannot take anything from this world, can we? We cannot take anything that we have worked for. Verse 14, I know that everything God does will remain forever. Isn't that a great portion of Scripture? Everything that God does, you know what I've noticed in the woods? But everything God has created is perfect and beautiful. Even though the trees may be tipped over, it's still, 
it still goes back to the ground. It's not garbage. God uses it. How many seen in the paper about this fish house that was left on the ice and all this garbage was on the ice? It was just horrible. Man brought it in. Whenever I try to do something without God's blessing, if I try to do it only in my own strength, it becomes trash, basically. Trash is so out of place in the woods. If you're hunters, you know what I'm talking about. Trash, some find some bottle, some, some piece of can. Trash is so out of place. And so God takes the time to send his son. We have trash in our hearts because of sin. We have fallen away in the garden started. And then we try to cover it up. And then we try to run from God. And we try to, Lord, blame it on someone else. And on and on it goes. God says, no, I want you to come. I want you to confess. I want you to bring your heart. I want you to acknowledge your need. For now I can step into your life. Now I can begin to produce that which is missing. And so this whole cycle that we call life, that we've come to know that to be born time to die it keeps going the cycle the trees bear leaves they die they fall off they replenish the earth the cycle the nutrition's go back the sun pulls it out it's all in God's making and God has made you for all eternity God has set you in this idea that there awaits heaven above that there's where I'm going to really become the person God has created me to become. And so my attitude is to just bring myself to the Lord God. Let's, let's change our positions and just, just take a moment to reach out to him today. Anna, you want to lead us in I just begin to ask the Lord, help me to hear you, Lord. Help me to hear what you're saying. But what you can do through me.